0: What's up, everybody? This is Tyler here. Just want to do a quick announcement before the start of this episode. I've been simply drowning in schoolwork, and I've got a lot of things on my hands as the semester's been coming to a close here. And so that's why I haven't been doing many podcasts, lacrosse-related at least. Uh, However, one of my assignments is requiring me to make podcasts um, of my own, dealing with various topics in sports and how they've been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. So these next four episodes that you will be seeing released will be related to that um, and not specifically lacrosse of any kind um, like I've been doing for the last, you know, number of months with PLL and the NCAA. So just don't be confused or thrown off by that. I'm throwing that in here now. But these next four episodes are going to be about, um, you know, high school athletes, collegiate athletes, and, you know, professional sports, uh, Olympics. Things of that nature that have been affected by uh, this pandemic because it's a unique time in sports. So I wanted to throw that in there. These episodes will not be about specifically lacrosse, but hopefully you can still enjoy them. This is for a class of mine and a portfolio project. So hopefully you can still enjoy. Let's roll the intro as usual and get right into it. On a second straight in overtime. Salcido down the alley to the middle. Tromboli in traffic. Shoots! No! Start. 12-11 the final! Wow! Seven seconds left. Stotts is going to have to let it fly. He checks the clock. Rice with one. Oh! It's over! Rice to Donahue! Ball game! Gate behind the back and the shot to go by Greg Burns and the assist to Paul Gate for the nice the burn quick speed oh! Oh! What a play! <laughs> Miles Thompson! The catch and behind the back release! It's unbelievable! Yes, yes, hello, hello everybody. Podcast number one of four here, dealing with COVID and sports. And how that has been affected drastically during this crazy time that we are going through. Uh, this week specifically is going to be talking about high school sports and high school athletes and how they have been affected by this cancellation this spring. Uh, to get into the nitty gritty of it, right off the bat, um, some background info if you weren't already aware. High school athletics have been canceled in all but 13 states. The rest have officially done so by either middle of April or even earlier. Um Several schools in other states, including California, are closed entirely through the remainder of the academic year, which basically means that sports uh, will not happen because they cannot happen without uh, academics going on in the schools. Minnesota just recently joined that group of states in canceling, uh, recently on the 23rd of April, that is, Uh, and of those that are still remaining, still alive, uh, activities have been mostly suspended through the middle of April, and now that we're heading into May, Um, It's likely that that is the extended uh, period of time for postponement. Um, Places like Massachusetts, Nebraska, South Dakota, Texas, and Utah uh, have all said that the extension into May is the case for them right now. And Nevada even put a plan forward uh, for schools to reopen May 1st with regional tournaments that would happen in the postseason, but no state tournament. And New York joined them today in making the decision after finally deliberating I believe it was twice before this, in late March and then late April, and then they just met, uh, like I said, today, um, stating that there'd be no state playoffs. The New York State Public High School Athletic Association, I think it is, um, saying there'd be no state playoffs. Uh, I'm not even sure about section playoffs, um, but the regular season still remains possible, still has a pulse. Um, However, like I said with those other states, if academics don't resume and that seems very unlikely for um, high schools to continue even at the start of May, even in the middle of May. Most schools are done by June. The regents happen and they're done, but those have been canceled, at least in New York State. If you're listening from New York, regents' tests, I'm sure you know what those are. Those have been canceled. Lucky for them. Uh, but that's the situation in New York State, a uh, big decision that came today. And so with all of this being said... We're left with a senior class that is without a final hurrah, one last go-around in their senior year, and it couldn't be any more painful and sad to talk about, um, compared to all the other athletes in college and professionals, excuse me, as my paper's making way too much noise, but I'm going to tell you why. And at face value, the statement of it sounds just like the rest. They're athletes, they lost their season, okay, okay. But in high school, it's different. Top programs in the country don't get to live out championship hopes. And you could make that argument for college or even professional teams like the Lakers, um, the Celtics, aspirations for an NBA title. However, in high school and only high school, are you do you have hopefuls trying to make impressions on college coaches? Now they don't get the crucial last season to get that coach's attention or get that special offer that could propel them to the next level and fulfill a lifelong dream for some people and not just the top programs suffer smaller programs those that don't get to play out another season building their program building themselves out getting experience new coaches new sports that are growing sports like lacrosse in high school sports um, that are expanding sports that can only use good weather in the spring depending on where you live Players themselves don't get the chance to break or set new records in their sport. And as much as that may sound, you know, in the least of people's worries, when you're younger, you care about those things. They're cool, they're awesome, and something you get to take with you uh, for the rest of your life, just like a championship would be. But I think most importantly is this is one last spring that you get to put forth all that hard work you put in in the summer, in the fall, And you get to go out with a bang however you want to. If that's with a state championship, if that's with a section title, if that's winning against that big rivalry game, whatever it means to you, you don't get that chance. Coach and player relationships, totally harmed. You could make the argument that they've been strengthened during this time. I know so many players have been in contact with their coaches, obviously waiting to hear if the season is still going on or not. And, you know, trying to keep in contact about college and other things. But those relationships suffer. They don't get to play that one more year together. All those practices are spent with one another. And obviously, in high school, it's friendships. Friendships through your team that you'll never get, um, honestly, anywhere else. And that final season and all the memories that come with it. And to step back for a moment, personally, I could say that all of my best memories while in high school came during my senior year. And my senior lacrosse season, and being robbed of that is something I could not even fathom in the slightest, and would be beyond heartbroken. And I, I really feel for all those, all those players, girls and guys, um, unable to do so. Another aspect worth noting is that, um, and I think overlooked is that it doesn't apply to collegiate athletes. And That is, in high school, only around 3% of high schoolers go on to play in college, and obviously that number is pretty similar in college players going pro. But for high school and college, that ends right there. Right then and there. This leaves a vast majority of players who, this is all that they have. This is, this is all that they get. They don't go on to college. They don't go on to possibly play pro. This is it for sports in their life. Organized competition representing you, your classmates, your friends, and your school, your hometown where you grew up your whole life. It's the last team-like environment, locker room environment, and all else that comes with being on a team, on a high school team. You don't get to have that anymore. Those vast majority of people like myself that didn't go on to play at the next level, all those things get left in high school, and you cherish those memories. You really do. We love those memories. Again, personally, to step back again, you know, I was fortunate to have a club program at my school uh, that's pretty well run. And, you know, I get to hang on to that feeling of team camaraderie. And even then, there isn't a week that goes by that I don't think about my time in high school on my varsity team for those two years. And, you know, that's something that many seniors right now aren't getting the opportunity to live out they're stuck with one year on varsity or maybe it was their first year making varsity you know what kind of program they have there if it's really hard to make the team um, and they don't get that chance over over and over again it leads back to one thing and it's not having the season and I think I speak for everybody when I say that regardless of how much it hurts when you play that final game whether you lose in the championship you lose to go into the playoffs. You lose in your section final, your regional final. I think you'd much rather have that feeling than not at all. Now let's get some examples of those teams in high schools across the country, across all sports that didn't get the opportunity to play this spring. In the world of baseball, massive, massive down south, just like like high school football, uh, baseball. You had Notre Dame of Sherman Oaks, California. They were poised for a national championship run. As the number one team, including teams like Barb in uh, Louisiana, with the 2019 Coach of the Year, Glenn Sacchini or De La Salle, who's also over in California. With just one loss last season, they would have returned their entire infield and outfield after finishing the season ranked number two nationally. Hamilton from Chandler, Arizona, and Jesuit out of Tampa, Florida round out the top five, and obviously there's at least 15 more teams to, to make a top 20, all of whom Would be having worthwhile seasons this um this coming spring um and you can make the argument that with those top programs they're routinely great they routinely produce top five star recruits and so on and so forth and so you know what as a program they're missing out on what not too much next year they'll go out and do the same thing and to that i argue against because you don't get some of those unique prospects you don't get some of those once in a lifetime players those teams that just mesh perfectly together and to get that last season together robbed zilch nothing don't get the chance uh and those handful of teams at least just the top five which clearly have a lot of special players relationships and great coaches they don't get that We could have also seen Eddie Collins, the coach of Latta High School in Oklahoma. Hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Um, He would be eight wins away from tying the all-time career wins mark as a high school baseball coach. Let me say that again. The all-time career wins mark as a high school baseball coach. Held by Merle Bowen since 1998. So that's over 20 years ago. Which is at 2,115. Which is absolutely asinine. Um, if you just think about that for high school sports and this guy would be eight wins away now it could just very well happen next year but still that's something you know as a community as a coach obviously and as a team you're looking forward to that that's an incredibly incredibly impressive mark and that gets delayed another year and who's to say you don't know what else could happen in a year's time to possibly even prevent that We'd also get to see a fellow Oklahoma high school coach uh, alongside Collins in the state, Jack Bowen, who happens to be the nephew of Merle, with the record. He could continue his team's active streak of 40 straight wins in the spring. I think they only lost two in the fall uh, this past year. And that's the longest active streak in the country currently. And who's to, who's to say that that momentum doesn't get ruined uh, by a full year off? I mean, who knows what summer ball and even next fall could hold. Um, But that momentum even gets killed. 40 wins in a row. Man, that's almost two seasons worth. And um, that could be totally thrown off by this. Moving on to softball. The ladies on the diamond. Um, In that universe, you had Lakewood Ranch of Brandonton, Florida. They lost just one game last year, and they came into this spring as the number one team they're bringing back nine Division I commits and more even coming off the bench. And then that is probably the most disappointing with so much talent, all those kids, all those girls ready to go. Obviously, they're committed to go play to the next level. But to lose your senior year, especially when you're at a caliber like that, the, everybody is, is bought in and they care. And that's that that could be like a historically good team there and they don't get their opportunity. Narco out of California, which is is in a similar situation. They lost just one game as well uh, with commits to Oregon, Washington. Um, Girl Abby Dayton, an outfielder, ranked in the top 100 of her class. Um, They're the defending national champions, so they don't even get a chance to defend that title. Um, Two of the top pitchers in the country, both on this team, one of which Sarah Willis, who's a senior, doesn't get to live out that final season. You had people, uh, the team uh, from Foothill of California um, and O'Connor of Phoenix, as well as Chino Hills, famous for the Alonzo Ball and family out in California. They round out the top five. Uh, girl Riley Holforth, who hit a ridiculous 551 uh, at the plate in 2019, returns as one of the top juniors in the country. Now, while she gets another crack at it, Senior Nicole May and catcher Courtney Bowden were both seniors. Uh, They were the country's best pitcher-catcher duo out there uh, in recent memory at that. And they both don't get the chance to play again together. And you can imagine that relationship as a pitcher and catcher. And they don't get to try to help their team win and defend their 28-0 record from 2019. Brutal. Or you even throw in a touching story like this. And I'm sure there are tons and tons more of this. Um, Incredibly unfortunate. Uh, This story about a pitcher from Central Valley, California, who just hours after winning, being the winning pitcher in one of their games, found out that their beloved head coach um, and friend had died from cancer. A long battle, almost four years. Uh, Her father and the coach became close. That's why she actually started playing softball back when she did. Um, she wished nothing more than, than to be able to uh, play out this final season to honor him. Um, and now she can only really carry that with her to Oregon. She had really looked forward to this senior year uh, to prove herself and, and finish out the way she wanted to. And to sort of not get to fulfill a wish like that, uh, Really, it really hurts. And um, that's sort of the things you see the most in high school are, are, are kids tying so much emotion and, and a part of themselves to it. And like I said, I'm sure there's so many more stories like this. Um, it only really just keeps adding on to the unfortunate circumstances that we are in because of this virus. In high school lacrosse, um, top players in the country. Um, this was a rather very unique season for high school lacrosse. You had players like Xavier Arline of a Shore and Waiting River on Long Island, New York as well as Brennan O'Neill, who you could consider the Zion Williamson of high school lacrosse, um, one of the greatest prospects um, in recent memory, if not ever, coming out of high school, who's uh, also from Long Island at St. Anthony's. Um, O'Neill was the, for perspective here, don't know how much the, uh, other than the listeners of this podcast would know, but Brennan O'Neill, as a junior in high school, was the U.S. Lacrosse magazine, which is basically the highest honor, Um, player of the year as a junior um he had one season left of his illustrious career left to really prove himself um after having an off the chart season last year as a junior again that earning him the player of the year of high school the entire country many others obviously miss out on this um owen hiltz a top prospect headed to syracuse the number three um a lot of these guys miss out on having record setting dominant finishes to their careers. Teams like Calvert Hall from Maryland, St. Anthony's, like I said, from New York Culver from Indiana, a military school is always, always fantastic. Deerfield from Massachusetts, a um, popular post-grad destination for players. Chaminade also in New York and Long Island. These are all routinely great programs. Kind of going back to that point I had about the baseball teams, um, you know, they're great programs. They get to have, you know, good seasons every year and they get good players coming in. But when you have players like that leading the way at Shoreham Wading River with an Xavier Arline and a Brennan O'Neill, it's just different. You don't get to see these guys ever. And obviously, at the next level, they'll be playing college lacrosse, but you just don't get to see those golden days of when they're in high school and, and really have them showcase themselves. Seniors and juniors alike. Um, also re- robbed of the very essential recruiting possibilities, um, just like every other sport. Um, but not all the big names, um, players on those teams sometimes overlooked. They don't get as much attention and they they want to go play the next level, not just their, um, star studded, um, midfielder or attackman. Um, someone like, uh, our line specifically, uh, the one out of shore and waiting river, um, he made the varsity team. And it's a power team on Long Island. This is no pushover of a squad. He made the team in eighth grade. I actually played him um, as an eighth grader when in the state semifinals when I was a junior in high school. So this we have we're, we're we're scouting this team and we see this eighth grade kid on the other on the other attack line and we're like what? And we had only ever heard of one other eighth grader that had played, who was a legendary legendary player uh, from years back, Nicky Golasso. So he was drawing comparisons in that regard, and we knew he had to be good if he was playing. And um, I think he had about 50-something points as an eighth grader. And so he's played on the varsity team ever since. He's been a starter, and he's amassed 359 career points through his junior year, topping out at 137 last season, which is astronomical and ridiculous for high school lacrosse. And so he would have one more year left this spring to have possibly set a historic mark in New York state record books and even nationally uh, in career points, possibly even getting up to 500 if he really balled out like he did last year. And, and that's something that people don't get to see. And um, again, someone like Brennan O'Neill um, not getting to see a Zion Williamson senior year um, highlight tape um, is, is a real bummer. And just really getting to see somebody who is truly dominant uh, sort of do their thing, like a LeBron in high school going to play um, in a state championship. In girls lacrosse, it's really no different. Teams like McDonough out of Maryland, St. Stephen, St. Agnes in Virginia, Cold Spring Harbor on Long Island, uh, Oak Knoll in New Jersey, Eastport South Manor on Long Island as well, Darien, Connecticut, all great programs routinely, um, but they're suffering just as much. Um, just like their boy counterparts. Um, they had a stacked 2020 class. Um, all those recruits missing their last season of play, a bunch of attackmen um, not getting to play out their final season that um, topped out their recruiting ranks. And I think this brings up a point to sort of wrap up this segment just about um, all of these specific teams and sports being affected by the virus. Uh, It should be noted that of these players going off to college, they're going to be without an entire year of competition under their belt when they do go begin preseason play and leading into the spring. Um, Who's to say that the fall doesn't get screwed up um, by the virus and and schools maybe not being even open or still being remote? Um, All of that training and practice and time to acclimate um, is basically going to be out the window as well. And I think it's a pretty crucial element of this whole situation that, uh, might be overlooked is that, you know, a whole year of not playing full contact full, you know, legitimate six on six situations full, you know, 10 on 10 baseball, um, all of these things, um, players are not going to have that. And it's hard enough going into college as a freshman, trying to prove yourself, trying to, you know, get in shape and do all the workouts uh, you know, that your coach is sending you over the summer. Um, you know, I think a lot of those things are, you know, going to be impacted, uh, by not having this season and, you know, not playing for a year can, can, can definitely get you rusty. I mean, I'm sure players are aware of this and, you know, they're doing their diligence at home. Um, but I think that's an interesting point that people maybe haven't thought about and, um, it'll, it'll, uh, it'll play a part into how these freshmen, uh, maybe look next year, Um, if sports do resume in the spring. I'd like to close out this episode, the last segment or two, by just sort of trying to speak to all these high school athletes, if I could, uh, and what I would say to them. And although this last chapter of your story um, is unfortunately a very short one, and there's nothing you can really do about it, which is probably even more frustrating. um, And while I do understand that you had all that optimism at the start, at the start of the spring, you were doing your home workouts, you're keeping in contact with all your buddies, your coaches, watching film, practicing in the backyard. Um, I realized that has that all so sort of seemingly drifted away, and that you're probably in pure disappointment. Um, and things don't seem to be getting better as society continues to stay shut down and explore the possibilities of even reopening. But Things are not great, and the death totals seem to keep climbing, and other places of the world are really not doing well either. It seems like it's a lot of negative right now. But I hope that you can take some positive, some lessons out of it. First, you should cherish every moment you have with those that you are close with. Value the time you have with your friends, with your family members, with whoever it is that you are toughing this pandemic out with. Um, think about the times that you did get to spend with people before all of this started happening and think about how great it will be afterwards, but sort of realize that sitting and doing nothing during this whole quarantine period should give you idea of how important time is and who you do spend it with and sort of give you an outlook into how you spend your time going forward. And I think that leads into, um, my next few points and, Obviously, secondly, if you are going to play in college next year, you better take that attitude with everything else you do, spending your time well at school to better yourself academically and obviously athletically too. Certainly cherish every practice, every game, every lift, every team function you have together with that team of yours because you never know, like seniors this year, when it might be taken away from you. Just imagine being a college senior right now instead of a high school senior. And what you wish you could tell yourself if that was the case. To really value that time. And really value all of those games and practices. Because clearly you missed out on it your senior year of college. And you know that you should. If you didn't already think that way. You should be giving it all every time you're doing whatever game it is. And thirdly here. It's that life is bigger than just sports. I think as a high school a uh, high school student, you need to step back and see that, um, that it's sports isn't everything and you need to find other ways to occupy your time um, should something like this happen. Or again, like most players don't go to college, most players don't go from college to the pros. And so you need to sort of begin to make yourself a good overall person, academically, intellectually, um, whatever it is that you might need to be doing. Take a good long, look at yourself and realize the time you have in your hands is really time that you'll never get again. Between college work and internships and spending your summers going to visit friends and other things, you're going to be a lot more busy than you were in high school. And so, and beyond that, once you're an adult, forget about it. You, uh, you're going to be having a, a full-time job. I know that's something that sort of hit me as I'm going into my senior year, um is that you're not going to have this downtime of no responsibilities, nothing going on, basically all the time to yourself whether you're an only child or you're with siblings or um any other family members. Use this time to look into interests um that you might have. Look into other hobbies maybe that you used to have and you lost because you got into sports way more. Um but if you didn't have all this time, if you didn't have all those practices, those training sessions, those lifts, those off-season workouts, the season itself come the spring, if you didn't have any of that time, what would you want to be doing instead? And I think that's a good question to ask yourself and to look at as what you can use this time to do and make yourself better as a person, but also sort of diversify yourself So you're not just an athlete in college and you're not really sure about what you're really passionate about um, other than sports. Because every athlete will say they like sports, but somebody like Michael Sowers, just for a lacrosse reference here, who just um, was in the transfer portal deciding to go to a new school at the same time of talking to new coaches, he was finishing up his 100-page thesis paper to graduate from Princeton University. And so clearly history and things of that nature within his major that he just graduated with was something he's always been really passionate about. Um, and, but that's something you don't hear about often, um, but it's something that you need to realize and think about and give some thought to, um, especially as you're heading into college as a high school senior. And I think that that's a pretty valuable thing that this is a time that you won't get ever again. If you are fully sold on it or that's too boring for you, um, use this time to better evaluate um, yourself and how you do train and how you can refine that process so you can do even more and be more productive and more effective in what you are doing to improve yourself physically, to get a faster shot, to get a quicker first step, to get better contact on the ball, to get more speed behind the ball, um, all of those things uh, to help you when you do get to college because like I mentioned, you don't have a whole season under your belt here, you're going to be uh, pretty rusty. So, to to refine that sort of training and, and get yourself prepared in that way can't be uh, can't hurt you uh, either. So pick a side or do both. You've got plenty of time on your hands uh, that you won't have again, and I think that's a, the most valuable thing you can say to a high school senior right now. And that's what I'm trying to do here. So to wrap up this part of the episode and the episode as a whole. Um, that's my calling to you guys as these high school athletes. And while I know it really sucks and it really could have been fun and it would have been awesome, um, you got to make the best with what's due just as you've learned time and time again in your practices and heard from your coaches, you got to dig deep and make it count, um, with what you got and, uh, be happy with the results. So if you want to be happy with the, with the results of this pandemic, then you got to put in some work yourself, just like you would if this season was going on. And with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. Hopefully that was inspiring and helpful and uh, insightful into the minds of what it's like to be a high school student right now, at least that I would imagine. And um, from an outsider's perspective, what it really is a shame to uh, not be able to let people live out that, that final season – what might be their dream of uh, winning a title or winning something with all of their friends by their side and for some it would be um, a cap to a great career but they're moving on to college but regardless either side of the coin um, it's not landing how they want it to and it really is unfortunate and you really just have to reach out and and feel for all of them Um, as well as the many other athletes that are uh, sort of in a in a sticky situation right now and that's what we're going to do moving forward the next three episodes are going to be exploring this sort of perspective and dilemma uh, within all other sports and all other levels of the game professional collegiate uh, whatever it may be so that's what we're going to be doing forward I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, uh, there will be more to come so thank you again everybody for listening I'll see you next time peace